Wake up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Happy Friday to everybody out there. This is Early Break uh, with Sip and Jake here on 93.7 The Ticket. As you can tell, I am not Jake Sorensen, um, so uh, you won't hear anything about the Dolphins today, but that's okay. Uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit about my Celtics. You know, I can still lean in toward my team as well. Uh, but in any case, we'll uh, we'll get uh, uh, a lot going here on during this uh, this uh, this. Uh, segment i suppose let's let's get to some more nebraska football talk we never got into even the rankings of the rest of the big 10 so we should probably get back to that um before we get to anything else but i want to know and i asked this the other day and so i kind of want to know your audience uh as well here what is the biggest obstacle holding you back from extreme optimism this upcoming season like what is it that's that if, if you're thinking if you're in that camp of six or seven wins what's holding you back is it scott frost um, you know, just the past four years, has hit the past 20 years, as somebody mentioned, uh, of Nebraska football, is it special teams, the offensive line? What would be the, the biggest roadblock, uh, as you see it, in the way of Nebraska football turning the corner and having a successful season, or maybe the biggest key, you could uh, you could see it as that. Let us know on the Sardar Hammond text line, 402-464-5685. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let's discuss. Let's have some fun. Uh, Strick, or excuse me, yeah, Strick's not here with me. Strick's yeah, usually here with me. I do that too. Well, I can make that mistake and say Jake because yeah. I'm covered. Yeah, you're you're in luck. It doesn't yeah. sound too bad. Yeah, I don't look a lot like Strick. <laughs> yeah, not the same per- athletic profile. No, I, I not the same athletic profile. What, what is what is the biggest obstacle holding people back from extreme optimism for the upcoming Nebraska football season? That's a great question. It's a great segue from the first hour, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the answer is obvious. It's just all the newness. Can it come together? You know, it's got to come together fast, and it can yeah. it can happen. But uh, everything coming together on a football team is really a sight to behold because it's hard to do. You know, when you see a team that's – you turn on a game on Saturday and a team's hitting on all cylinders, it's beautiful, right? It's beautiful because you recognize the – in part because you recognize the difficulty of it happening. And we definitely recognize the difficulty of it happening. So, yeah, it's just getting all these guys, all these guys clicking at once that have, that have joined up recently, right? And it's a wide, you know, it's a wide, wide array of guys. Yeah. It's older guys. It's older guys like Kevin Williams on offense and Hunter Anthony and – Oh, who would you put? No, I mean Casey Thompson's going to be twenty-four years old on October third. Is he going to be that? Yeah, that much old? Yeah. yeah, he turns twenty-four on October third. Maybe that's why he was kind of thinking his one and done type of deal. And then college is like that, though. I mean, then then you see, I ran into Decoldus Crawford the other day. And that's just a kid. He's just yeah. a kid. So, but he he may be in the you know he may be a guy they lean on a little bit. I don't know. Um, Janiron Bonner. Yeah. Um, just a kid. So all these guys got to come together, and it's got to happen quick. So that's that's not easy. No. So that's where I'm coming from. 
Well, and especially, I, I think a lot of times we think about the players, but I'm still interested in the coaching staff. That's too, yeah. Um, yeah you know, just yeah. kind of that first game oh, day yeah. is going to be halfway around the world, and they haven't coached a game together before. And, you know, you kind of have exactly. to learn how to do that and what, what are kind of the nuances of that. And um, do you know, is, is Whipple going to be a sideline OC, or is he going to be a, 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 up in the box? Are they maybe not have decided that yet? Um, I think he's a sideline OC. Yeah. I think. That's what I. But, th- but I was that's the kind. Too. But you're right. I mean, you're right. It's just, okay. It is June 10th. That game's going to be here quickly. Yeah. August 27th. So yeah, then they're working. I mean, it's it's they're it's full time work over there. I mean, not that the coaches can be with the players very often in the summer. I believe it's two hours a week. That's but not they a lot spend, at all. <laughs> they, yeah, it's not a lot, but it's you can push that envelope a little bit. But but even when the coaches aren't with the players, they're working pretty organized dr- organized drills. Yeah. Um, I know Casey was was talking about getting together with basically everybody. Yeah. At, at some point in the offseason. Well, they have to. Yeah. Can you imagine? Th- think about this. What if they the guys just weren't organized in June and July, and then just reconvened? on July 31st and said, we got to get this going in a month. No way you can pull that off. So that's where I'm, that's what I'm talking about is all of it coming together, especially on offense, Bach. Yeah. Um, Because the offense is so timing oriented. And that's what, that's what Casey's, I talked to Casey on Monday, Casey Thompson. And that's what he said. I have to, we, I have to know the receivers all about them their strengths, weaknesses, everything. And they have to know about me and we have to be, we have to form that chemistry quick and they're trying right now. I mean, this is today. They'll be, I don't know exactly what they do on Fridays, but there's a lot of seven on seven works. There's a lot of routes on air, all that's going on daily. So are they allowed to do that on the practice field or yes. they have to find somewhere else? No, no, to no, go? no, no, no. They do it over oh, right by themselves. Yeah. yeah as long there. as, yeah. Coaches, like I said, they can. I think it's a two-hour a week rule, and that would include if they spend time with them, you know, in a in an auditorium, in an X's and O's situation. So no, not a lot of time, but that's two hours a week is not terrible. You know, yeah, it's more than it used to be. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I what if I told you this because there are a few a few people on the text line that's going with the offensive line. What if I told you Nebraska has a solid offensive line this year? How much does that raise your optimism? Because I I view that as the weakness of the offense. At least it was last year, especially you know pass protection in particular. Yeah. Um, but especially you know if, if they can get road grading too, if you if you've got you know some bigger backs. If you, if you just feel like I think that I feel like that alleviates a lot of my fear and concern going into the season. If if that offense, which like if last year's offense had an offensive line, I don't think we'd have a whole new cast of characters on the offensive coaching staff. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm a wait and see mode there. I'm I'm pretty. It's it's interesting. On both lines, I'm making distinctions. I'm pretty optimistic about the run run game this year and the run blocking based primarily on two things. What we heard, at least, from spring ball, which continued this week. I mean, I talked to Turner Corcoran and Marquise Buford. Turner Corcoran is an offensive lineman who wasn't available in the spring, but watched practices and and echoed what Sean Becton had told us during the spring, which was the run game. The run game 
was cons- consistently got the upper hand in spring ball against the defense. Bad news for the defense. But Thin defensive line for what it's worth, too. That, yeah, exactly. Um, but still, holes were big. Um, but I don't know about pass blocking still. I, yeah. I mean, that that's the distinction I make. I'm, I'm more confident in the run blocking. The second reason I'm confident, by the way, I said one reason – or optimistic, I guess is a better word, is Donovan, Rayola. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he – his DNA and his personality, um, his mindset is more oriented toward being successful in the run game than Austin's. And you and, and Corcoran said that. It's just the emphasis now is more drive your guy 10 yards down the field and or put him on his back. Every offensive line coach wants that, but some emphasize it more than others. Hmm. Um, and it's being emphasized at a high level now. Now, what's the pass blocking going to look like? I don't know. That's huge for the. I mean, Casey Thompson's um, not going to run like Adrian no, he's did not. for what it's worth. He's just you're, not big enough. No, you're exactly right. He's, it won't look like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think the pass blocking becomes even more – I think that's what you're saying. It becomes even more important, right? Yeah. So now – if they have Teddy Prohaska, who's if he's if if he if he's ready to roll, and plays at a high level, and you can put Turner Corcoran on the other side, maybe you'll be all right there. Um, but it's not just an edge discussion, though. Your center and your guards have are involved in that too. So yeah, that's and then on the defensive line. Uh, there's another distinction I make right now. I think the pass rush could be pretty good. Oh yeah, but I don't know about the the how they're going to fare against the run. I still. Even though they brought in those guys, De- Devin Drew, um, Stephon Wynn, and even O'Shawn Mathis to a point, he's, he'll be involved in the run game. I don't think he's coming off the field. Um, I I don't know. There's still a little depth issue there. Yeah. And that West is so loaded with teams that can run. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, that's the part that scares me a little bit still. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, and, and we've seen it year after year. Eric Schneider's defense has made strides. Um, this year, I wonder if, if, if that's the expectation. Um, I don't know. I, I think, like you said, I, I think you've got it nailed down perfectly. I think there is an expectation to get to the, the passer a little bit better um, just because of the personnel that they have. Yeah, and it's not just O'Shawn Mathis. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. I think if you add O'Shawn Mathis now, I think it's possible that offenses will have to slant protection a little more his way which means someone like Garrett Nelson's freed up a little bit more yeah Caleb Tanner even Ty Robinson inside O'Shawn Mathis isn't the sole reason but he is what makes it go seemingly like if you take him out of the equation oh it's not the same yeah yeah I totally agree with you I wouldn't say what I did if it was if O'Shawn Mathis wasn't involved yeah totally agree I wouldn't say I. You know what? I'm pretty optimistic about the pass rush if they didn't bring in Mathis. Yeah, but yeah, he changes the the conversation quite a bit. Yeah, it's interesting how that works too, because you know Caleb Tanner and Garrett Nelson are, you know can get after the quarterback themselves. They can, um, but if you know, especially if you know that they're going to have to key in on the other guy and, and less attention to them, then you think, okay, now they're freed up um, a little more freed, yeah, up. a little bit more. Yeah, obviously not. Yeah, you're, you know, but it does. And we saw it with Randy Gregory when when offenses had to slant protection to Gregory, that freed up other guys. That yeah. helps a lot. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. But back to your question. What keeps you from being overly optimistic? It's just all that 
the newness and the fact that it has to come together quickly, quickly. Now you got you got some time schedule wise. Not ideal going to Dublin, though. It's no. not. It's not. It's not. It's not the worst thing. It's the same for Northwestern. They got to deal with all the all the things that you have to deal with. Um, but they don't have eight new guys in their. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what Northwestern has in their lineup. But Nebraska will probably have eight new faces in the lineup or something like yeah. that, right? RJ does point out uh, Peter Skronsky of Northwestern is. Uh, is going to be. I mean, that's a good test to start with that pass rush. Um, he's going to be. A, he's projected right now to be a top um, twenty sort sort of pick in the NFL draft. The offensive tackle for Northwestern. Um, oh yeah. So that could be interesting. That out could. Of the gate. Yeah. I mean that. See, that's the thing. O'Shawn Mathis is going to be facing a lot of good tackles yeah. in, this, in this league, and I think that's part of the reason. I think that's part of the reason he chose to come into this league because it is. If you can. If you can generate numbers as a pass rusher in the Big Ten, you get a lot of credence from the NFL, more credence than most leagues. Yeah. So, And I think that's probably one of the reasons he's here. Yeah, I, I would think so too. Uh, let's get to some of your response here off the sex, or Sarter Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Again, the question, what is the biggest obstacle uh, in your way uh, from turning kind of extremely optimistic or getting more optimistic about the upcoming football season? Uh, Jesse, the plumber, says uh, lack of development uh, in the past four years, the in-game coaching decisions. Um, that's where he's leaning toward. Bob uh, yeah. says team chemistry. Uh, Walter says the slim chance Frost finally figures it out. Uh, so Walter is not in the camp of Frost, I suppose. Um, Greg, I would not consider in the camp either. He says the obvious reason for doubt is our totally inferior coaching, lousy in-game adjustments, and poor roster development. So some people are, uh, are piling up against Frost, I suppose, for the four years so far. Um, Lincoln Mike says the absence of controlling the line of scrimmage is holding us back, right. offense and defense. Guys, do you want thicker? Fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to roco slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's roco slash fuller. Yeah, I mean, that's a... Yeah, I mean that's critical. And I think again, I think it that will look better, but how much better is the question. There's I don't know. I just that that's it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean you lost a hell of a player in Jurgens. Oh yeah. And off a of like a, a great play on a bad line. It's, right. It's not a good combination. No, they got yeah. I mean they and speaking of combinations, they use like I think eight different I don't know configurations. They were changing things up a lot. Yeah. Um, so you guys try. You know, a lot of this comes down to how much you trust Dom and Rayola. 
Yeah. And again, in another kind of good, bad scenario there is you've got a lot of guys with experience on the offensive line. I mean, if you have Trent Hickson at center, um, you know, some of them are young, but they've very well battle tested. Um, Again, I don't know if that's good or bad because, I mean, it's good in the experience and they're not going to be the newness of it is going to throw them off. The bad part is, is, okay, well, then where's the answer? Why isn't it? And and hopefully they address that in Donovan Raiola. Yeah. Corcoran has experience. Hickson has Hickson's a you know, he's a senior. Yeah. Um, he's been he's been in the program. He knows what's expected. Do you think he's the starting center? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I really do. Um you know, I think right now Piper would be number two. Hickson wouldn't be the starting center if they decided to try Turner Corcoran there, which I guess is possible. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah, I, I think right now today, yeah, Hickson would be the starting center. I and I think right now today Corcoran and Prohaska would be the tackles. The guard, it's hard to say who the guards are right now. I think they'd like Henry Latovsky to make a big move. You have to see. You have to see what that looks like. And I'd say the first seven to ten days of August would be big. Um, I, the guard picture is a little more more muddled. Um, you don't think Noelle is uh, pretty penciled in? N- I, I, no, he'll have to win the job. Yeah. Yeah, he'll have to win the job. I thought he was pretty solid last year. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting. And if you if you've got any more thoughts on this, let us know. Start a text line four zero two four six four five six eight five. I was also surprised that nobody said special teams. I know yeah. Bill Bush is a familiar name. Uh, no. Maybe that helps, but uh, special teams has been awful. Um, not just last year, but these past few years. And uh, I just have a hard time completely buying in. It's not anything against Bill Bush. No. It's the fact that they said going into last year that special teams was going to be a priority, and it never looked worse. Um, and then the other part of it too is, and, and I, I just don't like to go back on what I say, is that I didn't know if the answer was inside the locker room. Um, because if it was, you would think that maybe that, you know, through those channels it would be addressed and developed. But um, hopefully Bill Bush can get it corrected. I've well, got- a lot of that, I think oh, a lot of that comes down to the people who touch the ball. And so the reason why you think it might be better on special teams is Bushini. And Bleak Road, you know, yeah. Bushini the punter, Timmy Bleak Road the kicker, and then whoever your return man is going to be. It feels like they feel a little more confident in that regard. Trey Palmer, for instance, as a return man. They've had two out of the four years where they're fair catching <laughs> punt returns and not really, and, and at times, fair catching kick returns, mm-hmm. um, which is more common than it used to be just because of you know where you can get the ball from there. But... I feel like there's there's been two out of the four seasons where they've kind of given up on returns. Yeah, and that can't you don't want that. It doesn't. I don't like that because it doesn't speak to aggression. I mean, I, I like a team. Yeah. When you see a team like Alabama, I mean, I go to Alabama, very extreme well, example. That's ideal, I know, yeah. But they 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 return. I mean, a punt returner. I, I'm sure they tell them return the ball whenever you can, um, and they do it. And it's great to see. I love watching Alabama. That's one of the reasons I love watching their special teams. Yeah. So yeah, it would be nice to get back to that. But Bach, I'll t- I'll tell you what. If you have the if the guys who touch the ball are operating at a high level, it can mask a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, if your operation doesn't hit at a high level, otherwise, it can be masked by a guy who can just boom punts, right? And a guy who can stick a forty-eight yarder pretty regularly a field goal kicker so and obviously a return man um so i yeah i don't know what that's going to look like yeah 
I think it will look better. I did. I did. It has ha- to look better. It, it has yeah. to look. Better. It, I mean, they can't. They lost a few games. Yeah. Squarely because of special teams last year. You can't have that again. Um, I did run down these stats. So if you if you listen to my show, you probably heard these before. But I'm just amazed by it. So I wanted to bring it up to you. Um, uh, and, and, and you can kind of like we've kind of been talking about. Is there um, how much blame goes on Frost? I suppose for lack of special teams. I think over four years. There can be some sort of blame there, and other people like like Nate always come back to me and said, "Well, yeah, yeah, Connor Cup, he was the uh, the uh, the kicker kicker of the year. Yeah. What, how are you supposed to expect that?" And anyway, yeah. um, this is Big Ten field goals over forty yards since two thousand eighteen. I compiled all the stats. Oh wow! Got first and last, and, and last is Nebraska, um, six of fourteen. Uh, that's forty three percent from field goals over forty yards. That means you're getting to the twenty three yard line mm-hmm. in the Frost era. You got to get to the twenty-three yard line and in to feel. And even then, I didn't compile the stats of of inside. That's been a, that's been a problem as well. Six of fourteen was the worst in the Big Ten. Six of fourteen from yeah, it was the worst as far as total points. They tied with somebody else as well, but then that tie, um, they had a worse percentage as far as. Uh, there's a few schools that struggle with, as similar to Nebraska, as we know, college kickers aren't always the best kickers. So um, there are a few schools that struggle, but there are schools that absolutely. Nail it and, and hit home runs out of the park and 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 one of those schools obviously is Iowa. Iowa is a team yeah. uh, at the that the complete opposite of the spectrum here. So keep in mind, Nebraska six of fourteen over those you know these years since two thousand eighteen. Iowa from twenty three yards and out, and so forty yards for the field goal kicker and out. Thirty eight of forty eight for seventy nine percentage in one hundred fourteen points. That's almost a hundred more points than Nebraska's had on forty yard plus field goals in four years. See, I. Right off the bat, when you said Nebraska was just six of fourteen since two thousand eighteen of forty plus, I was struck by how low, how many attempts. Yeah, that's not many attempts. No, that's, that's what, like what are the one other every attempts? Four games. I what, yeah, what are the other attempts? Like? Uh, I don't. I, oh, you don't have. I didn't. Ones. Yeah, I just kept Iowa and Nebraska because so the rest of them was was just fodder. But um, the, yeah, I mean, there's again, there's some schools um, that are, that are pretty proficient and taking a lot of shots, and then there's other schools that just are stuck where Nebraska is, where it's like we don't have confidence they can hit that one, so we're not going to send them out. That's there. A, that Connor Cope. I I just I feel so badly for him. I don't. It just it's a. It's sort of mind blowing what happened. Yeah, Big Ten kicker of the year and just lost it. Yeah, and it's it's very strange when you really dive into it too because I don't necessarily think he deserved Big Ten kicker of the year. I'll, I'll say okay. that because he had one kick, like I'm saying, over 40 yards in that, and mm-hmm. so you know, but but he was, but the, the the opposite of that is that he was very efficient from inside 40 yards. Yeah, and that's where really what got him the the award. Last season was the opposite. Like he was, he obviously never got it going either way. But he did hit a few, like fifty yarders. Yeah, he did. He so it was like, runners. you know, it's the complete. It was just the weirdest thing. It was. Yeah, and it. I don't, those things are so bizarre. But kickers lose it sometimes. Yeah, and he just lost it. <laughs> what a season yeah well and it, i don't know if that's better or worse they only had two kickers um i think it was 2000 now 2019 where they had six different kickers attempt kickers including a safety <laughs> think, think uh, about it moved think kicker. about it in the context of the run they had at punter and kicker i mean i was looking back oh, yeah. the other day brett maher in 2000 i believe it was 2012 it was, it was 2012 nebraska had not only the the Big Ten's top punter, but the Big Ten's top place kicker. He was both. Yeah, he he was the Big Ten place kicker of the year and the Big Ten punter of the year. 
I mean, think about it. if you have that, if you have that consistency. That's right after Alex Henry pulled double duties too. Yeah, he did. He yeah, he was yeah exactly. Brett Maher waited two years behind Henry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, Alex Henry was extraordinary. So yeah, they had such a they had a run, and I, it's just sort of inexplicable how far that's dropped off. Yeah, know? and but, I mean even one or two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I, I remember, you know, Sam Cooke, who just retired, too, replaced Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are two NFL punters yeah, for he, the longest time. Yeah, there was a, I mean, there was a huge Matt LaFleur, I'm not, LaFleur was in there. There's a long line of those, too. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the guy, it'd be nice to see a, another run like that. Obviously. But even, like, renting a Pat Smith, <laughs> you know, they were able Pat to. Pat Smith was tough. To, yeah. Pat Smith made that field. I always remember him making that field goal at Penn State. Oh, yeah. For the Where, win, yeah, yeah. For the win, and he had to do it twice because of, there was a penalty. That's right. And he, yeah, and I'll never, I'll always remember it because I thought, well, how's he going to do this? The wind was horrible. It was about six degrees, and oh yeah, Pat Smith is to me has to be one of the tougher dudes mentally out there because he hit that thing twice into into a oh it was Bach. I'll, I, that was as cold as I've ever been walking to the car. Now it's partly because I only had a sweatshirt that day. But um, <laughs> you didn't prepare very well. No, no. But the, it was a bad scene weather-wise. There, I mean, you probably maybe couldn't tell on TV, but it was horrible conditions, and he nailed it. You know, hitting, oh, a, cold, yeah. hitting a cold ball was it forty plus? It feels like it. I think yeah, it was forty-three. Yard. I think it was yeah. forty-three yard. That's what I thought. But anyway, yeah, you got to get back to that because yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna. I mean, how many? Is Nebraska going to blow many teams out in the Big Ten? Wouldn't think so. No, special teams will be critical again. Yeah, and it's just it's it's just the the thought, especially when you have range of like what's the you know you can change your play calling to a degree and take more risks if you yeah. know I can get three out of this possession at right. least you know and, and it's just you know it, it's just. It, it it limits you so much on what you can do, and again, that's that's Iowa. I was the complete opposite. They probably would like not to have attempted forty eight field yeah, goals because they can't quite get, you know finish Close possessions the deal, and right. stuff. Um, but at least they know you know basically get on get on you know get to the thirty five yard line well, or so. And let, let me get ask going. you. Yeah, let me ask you this: What do you think would be more impactful for Nebraska this year, a all Big Ten place kicker or all Big Ten punter? Oof. I haven't. I I think I have an answer, but I'm interested to what you. I still. I would say a place kicker that direct directly really? leads to points to me. Okay, yeah. that's see, because I, I say punter, hmm. um, because he can change field positions so much. Yeah, a real good one, and get you out of jams. Pin you, pin somebody down inside there. That, you know, but also just yeah, and get you out of jams. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. Um, and so I and. Yeah, I, I always go punter in that. I always if you got a if you got a a consistent and I'm not even talking main I'm not necessarily talking about being able to boom punts. Just consistent you know get, you know get the hang time that you need to prevent returns. I'm going punter all the time. How much does that Michigan State punt still bother you? A lot. <laughs> Doesn't Especially make in the sense. context of um Sam Cook now, astounding, astounding stat about Sam Cook at 16 years as the Ravens punter never allowed a touchdown return, uh, never allowed a punt return wow. for a touchdown. 16 years. Yeah. I don't know how many punts that encompasses, but a lot, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that that was inexplicable. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. 
I can't remember over 25 years, 26 years of covering Nebraska, every Nebraska game except for one. I can't remember being that stunned except maybe except maybe when the Michigan player took the ball out of Adrian's hands. There were two moments last year where I, I, was, inc- I was incredulous in the press box. That one, when the Daniel Cherney hit that bad punt, yeah. and you knew right away, like, oh, that's disaster. Yeah. Because there's really, nobody over there. Yeah, you could really see it in the press box because you're up high. Yeah. You're like, there's nobody over there. The, yeah, this is, this is unbelievable. It was stunning. And, and the same way with the Michigan game. When you're like that, surely that ball is blown dead. And I'm not saying it's a bad call. I just I was just incredulous when the Michigan player stripped stripped Adrian of the ball. Yeah. Because I just think that that can't happen. That didn't that didn't just happen, did it? Yeah. Surely there's a whistle there. Yeah. And and and, Adrian, and at that point it just felt like every you know there's I mean it was the the just can't win in the pressure type of situation. Yeah. And it was just like, how is this how it's going to end? Is that the the referees who have been calling disconcerting signals and joint possession Mm -hmm. don't blow the ball dead? Well, I'm not putting that on the referee. Right. I don't hear that. I I was just amazed that that a quarterback would let that happen. Yeah. Just the the totality of the circumstance. There's a lot of context that needs to go in there. Yeah. I, but I would not, I'm not blaming the ref on that. Yeah, the the Michigan player just went in, and just went in and manhandled it. You know, yeah. just got it. It was impressive. It was very impressive from that standpoint. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break here on early break. When we get back, it is game three of the finals tonight, so we'll talk a little bit of NBA and then get up to shut up simple. Uh, that's coming up next here on early break on ninety three seven the ticket. 